2: And welcome to the big show, everybody. Seth Kamen, Sean Palmer, Seth and Sean Sports Radio. And, of course, we have Jake, little Jake here tonight. Say hi, Jake.
0: You there on? you go.
2: That's the we get out of Jake. We have a special guest tonight, Bill Ingram of baseball, uh, Basketball News. Excuse me. And he'll be joining us in just a moment. We have NBA hoops and, more importantly, NBA coaching searches and what's happening in the offseason? The playoffs have kind of been a little drab, but we got a lot to talk about tonight. And then at the top of the hour after, Bill, we'll talk Matt Harvey and where Matt Harvey sits tonight, which is kind of like the Kansas City Athletics back in the 1960s.
3: Good morning. Uh, good morning. Good Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Um, Kansas City Athletics, really? Or is it a training ground for the New York
2: Yankees? Well, remember, if you go back to 42 – right, that's what the Kansas City Athletics and the Pittsburgh Pirates were where the old 1950s major teams pretty much sent their people yeah. just, to hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it, they're gone to baseball hell. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Right now we'd like to welcome on the show Bill Ingram. Bill, how are you tonight?
1: <laughs> doing well. I agree. The playoffs have been a bit drab because we have not gotten to the NBA Finals, which you and I will call the Western Conference Finals, after which nothing else matters.
3: Yeah, the problem is, this is what we've said pretty much from September. I'm assuming you did the same. When I was on Randy's show last year, we said the same thing. At New Orleans is a nice story. They're, they have, The talent is there, but At the end of the day, is there any reason to think that anyone can compete against Houston or Golden State at this point?
1: Well, there's not, because this league is still about scoring. And you have the premier scorers uh, all getting located in the same places. So uh, one of the best floor makers of the generation, floor floor leaders of the generation, is Chris Paul. And James Harden has turned into quite the point guard himself as far as uh, his passing ability. You put those two together, and it's just—I mean—and then—and Eric Gordon, by the way, who you'll recall was such a big star, up and coming from the Clippers, uh, that they traded Chris Paul for him. Um, you know, Eric Gordon is no no small uh, piece in and of himself. So you've got three premier scorers in Houston, and a coach that uh, invented the five second or less offense, along with Steve Nash, and then you've got the Warriors, who simply have three some nights four guys if you count Draymond Green they have guys that you you just can't leave them you can't double Kevin Durant you can't double Steph Curry you can't double Klay Thompson you can't leave Draymond Green because you're just gonna get buried by whichever player you're not paying full attention to so the only question is do the Rockets have enough firepower to outscore the Warriors uh, where the Warriors are actually going to play a little defense. The Rockets have tried to play a little defense this year. That's the most interesting matchup of anything that could possibly happen in the in the postseason, and we're well on our – you know, next week we'll be watching this. So then what, by the time the dust settles on whoever LeBron has demolished next, we're just waiting to see whichever Western <laughs> Conference team comes out beat them easily.
2: Well, that was that was going to be my point. And this is Sean, and, and pleasure to have you on the show. N- number hey, one thanks. is – I, I'm definitely the one to pick Toronto to win. Okay, I, I I I'm telling you now. Oops. Yeah, I I I picked Toronto to be to be Cleveland, and then they ran. You've seen them off. in the playoffs and before,
1: right? <laughs>
2: I, I, I have, but I, but this is okay. To be fair, totally a different offense than it was last year. Even in the even in the loss, yeah. a different yeah. offense. Okay, so I thought. And they're deeper. Should, look, look, you're talking about how Golden State was going to outscore anybody. Well, I think that's exactly what was going to happen with Toronto. I think Cleveland is one of the worst defensive teams I've ever seen. They are human turnstiles at three of the five positions at least. And <laughs> and when LeBron's not on the court, you have four out of the five positions. And it's more a point that I thought Toronto would just outscore. And they just have it. ever since they missed fourteen out of fifteen shots in game one in the fourth quarter, That was the end. I mean, Seth said it best. If they don't win game one, they're not winning. So I'm the one that said that. Now, is it possible? Well, it's always possible coming from a lawyer. But my theory is that if LeBron makes it past this round, which he's going to, I think he he beats Boston. And I just think that Golden State and Houston are going to tire themselves out. And then you have a, a Cleveland Cavaliers team that may just be right there ready to pick them apart oh, really come
3: on yeah we,
1: that's, we, that's we the only, that's, the only, argument, that, that's yeah. the only argument that oh, that's the only argument you, you can make for Cleveland beating either Houston or I I feel like it's inevitable it's going to be Golden State but that's the only argument you can make oh they're going to tire each other out uh the Warriors don't get tired. Steph had a, a couple weeks off there and they've been playing into the finals every year for a while. They didn't look tired when they beat the the Cavaliers when they were actually still good. Um you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't I don't buy into that. if if you if you're an attorney who's trying to create a case for the Cavaliers, okay, that's the case you make, but but if I'm just somebody who has been a longtime student of the league, uh, that's not I think these guys have been training for June for a long time, and I don't think they're gonna run out of gas.
3: I'm with you if anyone wants to call in and talk to Bill or uh seven six zero two eight three oh eight four six no uh, I actually I am the Randy Randy Valley the co-owner of that uh, fourth page um, during the fourth fourth quarter of game one. And I said, is it me, or did this series just end at this very moment? And he kind of agreed, just laughed, and just said, yep, that's it. There was, to me, this was this was pretty preordained. I agree with you. I don't think Houston is good enough um, to, to beat Golden State. I would be genuinely shocked if they did. Uh, I, Boston making the conference finals with, I mean, really, with a rad- Two starters
1: out. Houston. <laughs>
3: Jalen Brown getting a concussion. Al Horford kind of pulling back to his 2007 days at Florida. I mean, my goodness, has he been great. Terry Rozier comes out of nowhere. And it kind of leads – look, I don't think they beat Cleveland, I agree. I think we're looking at Golden State-Cleveland Part 4. I think we have Golden State cruising through. But kind of on the Boston uh, point, you know, we've talked – we've talked over the last couple weeks about Kawhi Leonard. The rumors are, are rampant. That's somewhere with all this Boston depth between Brown and Tatum and Kyrie and Rozier, that they're going to make a run at at Kawhi. Does Popovich have
1: any.
2: Oh, sorry, please.
3: No, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, what are you hearing?
1: The question the the Spurs are asking is who's the one doing the talking? Because Kawhi's (laughs) uncle and his marketing people want him in a bigger market. But that would be a nightmare for Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard needs to be in a – there's only one place. He needs to be in a situation where the team is not going to make him talk to the media, and when he doesn't, they will pay his fine for him. They've been doing it for Tim Duncan for years. Kawhi does not want to speak to the media. He would like to not be seen once the game is over, and pro, and most nights is not seen in AT&T Center at, or, you know, in the, in the home locker room. Tim Duncan was never there. Now Kawhi Leonard is never there and the Spurs are very happy to pay the fine every time he doesn't speak. So, you know, you put him somewhere like Boston or the Lakers or one of these, you know, you're not going to not be able to speak. Like They're going to expect you to come out and speak for yourself and speak for your team. The problem is the what's happening behind the scenes, and there was a 40-page ESPN article last week that pretty much summed it up or, or maximized, summed is the wrong word, but essentially, you've got marketing people who want to make a lot of money off of Kawhi, and Kawhi is not saying anything different. So, if you're the Spurs, aren't you pretty much feeling offers?
2: I think you. Have I would to. be. I mean, I mean, I said this last week that there are not many teams under the cap that can do a trade for him. I mean, there's just not that yep. many. You have you have Dallas, where I believe Mark Cuban would happily pay any fine of Kawhi Leonard's but I don't think that they have the resources to get him. I, I think they don't have the salary. Matchup. Or the pieces
1: Dennis to keep there. him. I mean, let's be honest. They don't have right. the pieces to well, keep him have, either.
2: Yeah. You'd have to give up Dennis Smith and then what do you have? And you'd have to give up Dennis yep. Smith and maybe Harrison Barnes to make the, to make the, so salary you're renting matchup. him. They're just, <laughs> right. It, it's just not there. But even if you're renting him, and I think that this is an interesting point that you just brought up. Even if you go another year, there still aren't that many teams that ha- will have cap room for max salary thirty million dollars players. You have the Lakers, and you may have the Knicks, maybe if that all works itself out, and they don't so- they don't become stupid and sign another Yachim Noah this this summer.
1: Well, that, the that's the Knicks. Is, yeah,
2: they just- <laughs> I know I've been a Knicks fan for forty years. Trust me, I'm well aware. <laughs> but the fact is, they just don't. The NBA just doesn't have the They made a rule to maximize teams keeping their talent.
1: Yep, and it it works works a lot.
2: It works 99.9% of the time. I mean, other than Kyrie Irving, it's worked, right? Nobody's really gone anywhere. So the fact is there just aren't that many teams that will pay him 40 – not many teams that will have it, even if he does rent for one year.
1: I no. hear the Knicks are going to offer Michael Beasley a $100 million contract, so that's going to solve all of their problems. Uh, that's a joke, okay. by the way. Just okay. kidding. I mean, maybe they would. I, but just that's, thinking of free Michael agents, Beasley they could, could overpay. Right? <laughs>
2: that's, Michael, that's Michael Beasley Jr. in the 2025 draft. We're still working. Oh, no, yeah.
3: No, I know. But As the second pick, as opposed to what he's become. Yeah, to talk to him about the Knicks... I'm a Nets fan. My life is a little bit easier. We lost hope five years ago with the Garnett trade, but with Atkinson and Marks, we feel pretty good about ourselves, all things considered.
1: But and you're moving to Seattle I mean, anyway, so you know.
3: Yeah, well,
0: that, <laughs> it would <was laughs> make Seattle fans really
3: happy. And you know what, Brooklyn, Brooklyn would. would it, well, I don't see it. Maybe Memphis moving. I don't see Seattle. I don't see the Nets moving. <laughs> Brooklyn, Brooklyn.
1: No, somebody that Brooklyn was mentioned was to me by up. somebody that was making an attorney's case for them moving, let's just say. Uh, and I was like, hmm, there okay. We
3: <laughs> well, that reminds me anyway, of the guy who ahead, called Anyway,
1: go
0: ahead, sorry. In,
3: <laughs> no, that, re- that reminds me of the guy who called in, who was convinced that the, the Knicks were signing Chris Paul a couple of years ago. And Sean and I just looked at each other, oh, and yeah. there was no signing. It could be done. He goes, no, they're signing him. Like, how, my gosh, how are you actually a real reporter? But anyway, that aside. Wow, well, I haven't brought Every that up. Every blogger is a
1: reporter guy. now, right? Um, <laughs>
3: Yeah, he's won awards. It was amazing. Um, so, new The Knicks did make a good hiring, in my mind. Hire bringing in Mark, uh, bringing in David Fisdale. Sorry, bringing in David Fisdale, previously from Memphis. Uh, Falling out with Marcus, all the team starts to rebuild. What are you? I mean, Mark Jackson was a sentimental choice. Doc Rivers was mentioned in, in some kind of trade. What are your thoughts on Fisdale coming to the Knicks?
1: Well, I think you've got – what you have to do is drastically change the culture of the team. You need a winning culture. You need someone to give them an identity of winning. And they thought they would do it with Phil Jackson. Of course, I I was on record at the time of saying that's not – no. That's Here's how Phil Jackson wins. Oh, are we down a little bit? Hey, Kobe, get back in the game. Oh, Michael, could you step back in, please? Thank you. Can I get a hot dog now? Uh, and so this – This is another attempt. You know, one of the beefs the Grizzlies had was that Fisdale came in and wanted to establish heat, uh, Pat Riley, championship uh, dogma in their locker room when they were a a well-established playoff team themselves, and it kind of rubbed people the wrong way. The Knicks, on the other hand, need somebody to come in and give them an identity, and then there need to be rational decisions made by the front office, which is – not anything that's been happening, you know, since, I mean, Porzingis, but that was a no-brainer. So, you know, Fizdale, yeah, I like the guy. He's got championship credentials. He knows what he's doing. He can give them an identity. And then the question is, will the will the front office, will the owner's box leave them alone long enough to let them make some smart decisions? If uh, Porzingis misses yeah. all of next season, like they're talking about, you're going to have a chance to have a really high draft pick, playing next to him, and now you got a chance to build something.
2: Absolutely. I'm telling you, I, as the Knicks fan myself, I keep waiting for James Dolan to find a Howard Spira and to start following him, so he'll get suspended for a year or two, and then the Knicks can build themselves back up. That's what I keep, wanting, <laughs> I keep waiting for them, to find, to, to, for him to commit little crime, and uh, and that happened. Uh, so Seth and I were talking right before this in that, in that there have been several coaches hired, but the one coach that I believe should be hired that hasn't been is Jay Laranega. And my question to you in the circles is, is it because he's still coaching? Is it because he's still in the playoff run and, and teams want to get a head start now? And that is a huge deterrent because I think just like the NFL – that could be the case.
1: My daughter interrupted me right in the middle of what you were saying, and I lost who you were talking about. My apologies.
2: Oh no, that's all right. Look, dog, look, we got a two-year-old walking around here, so uh, we, we. I hear that. I, I
1: think my six-year-old would probably enjoy playing with your two-year-old. So.
2: Yeah, Jake's a little guy. So, so my question was: Is it a deterrent? Teams to hire a coach that's still being played that's still playing, so such as Jay Laranaga oh. I think he's actually he should be he should be a coach somewhere at this point. I mean, he's done everything he can do, but he still his team is still playing. So, like the NFL, is it kind of unfair to him that he's not able to just leave his team at this point?
1: Well, I think so. I mean, I think your coaching situation is if a guy is going to be a good fit somewhere, you let them go interview. And I think, you know, the fact that every Spurs assistant coach is getting love in Milwaukee is understandable. The Spurs are out and everybody wants to somehow uh, emulate what's happening there. The Hornets have already hired a a Spurs assistant and Becky Hammond interviewed. And that looks like Budenholzer might be the, the lead candidate. So I think you want to look to success, but yeah, if, if I'm, looking for a head coaching position, if I'm, you know, Detroit, or if I'm one of these teams that that needs a spot, I would want to be addressing that right now because you've got NBA pre-draft coming up, the draft combine. Then you've got, um, you know, all the things that lead up to that. You want to start having some, some names on your list, and you want your head coach to be the one setting the agenda for these things. So waiting for all the teams to be out of the playoffs can be precarious. But yeah, I mean, I get it. You wanna you wanna put your person in place. You want that person making decisions, and why not go ahead and get those uh, get those interviews in? But if you're a coach Absolutely. whose team is still in the playoffs, man, you you got a lot of work to do to be flying off meeting, uh, you know, interviewing with other teams.
2: Yeah, what are you hearing about Becky Harmon? I mean, is this legitimate? Uh, we understand it's legitimate. She's putting her time, but. Do you see this as something that could be successful in men's basketball?
1: Well, let me say this. If Greg Popovich feels that she was in the right position to be an assistant coach on his staff, she can coach my team any day. Um, I know there's the whole the stigma that a female coach on a on a male team maybe doesn't garner their respect, but I think those days Um, You know, we had a a strong candidate female running for president. She actually won the popular vote. I think we have our society is changing in a way that maybe we're not going to think about it that way. And maybe the players won't think about it that way. Because Becky Hammond was an incredible player, coach in the WNBA, now coach, assistant coach in the NBA. And, you know, hey, I used to sit courtside in Houston and pick Cynthia Cooper's brain uh, all the time. And, And there was a time where I was trying to get her traded for Steve Francis. So, I don't think that that <laughs> stigma needs to be, uh, you know. I think we can get past that. If I was a, if I was hiring a head coach, uh, Becky Hammond would be very, very high on my list. Again, it sounds like Milwaukee may be leaning towards Budenholzer, but honestly, shoot, bring on Becky Hammond, man. i i I'd, I'd give her a shot for sure. <laughs>
3: As a Maryland alum, I would happily trade Steve Francis for Becky Hammond seven days a week.
1: Uh, my favorite Steve Francis play of all time. And I was sitting with Cynthia Cooper when it happened was he's running down on a, it's a three on one break. I forget who they were playing, but three rockets were down, including seven foot six Yao Ming who was under the basket (laughs) and Steve tried to jump over Yao to dunk the ball and missed. And you're going, why didn't you just give him the ball? Like he doesn't even have to jump to dunk. What are you doing? I was like Cynthia. Uh, can we make that trade happen?
3: <laughs> I, I I got to watch uh, Francis for one year at Maryland after he graduated from San Jacinto. I think it was I think it was San Jacinto Community, and you could see the extraordinarily extraordinary talent. But I think I lost about a quarter of my hair that year just watching and watching that team. Um, so I when he went to when he went to Vancouver with the second pick, I. <sighs> I kind of had a feeling what was going to happen. Not a, I was hoping for the best, but didn't expect a heck of a lot. Two quick questions. One, we're hearing rumors now that Dwayne Casey may be on the hot seat after, you know, losing yet again to Toronto. And one of the yeah. things we always think about is, who's going to replace that's going to do a better job? And the, look, Toronto has, been, has had a great year. They lost because they lost because of LeBron and they lost because they couldn't hit a shot in the fourth quarter. Yep. Is there any credibility to this whatsoever?
1: Well, I think the credibility is when a team loses in a situation where they expected to get further, what do you do? You fire the head coach. You can't fire the players. You can't fire Kyle Lowry because for some reason, and I love Kyle personally and as a player, so I'm not dissing the guy. But when you have players who don't show up for the postseason, like how how does Dwayne Casey alter that? I just don't yeah. see it. Dwayne Casey was okay. here in Dallas with uh, the championship team. He was one of the one of Rick Carlisle's main guys, and he and Terry Stotts, and both of them have become fine NBA head coaches. Dwayne had been a head coach before, and he's proven his mettle. And hey, look, I don't think tyron Lue. I wouldn't hire him to coach my team.
0: Who's no, a better nor, coach, Teron Lu? Who's going to win the series?
1: Or Dwayne Casey? Who's going to lose the series? Dwayne Casey's a much better coach. The difference is Teron Liu has that Phil, Jack- Phil Jackson position, and Dwayne Casey's being asked to solve problems that no coach can solve. So yeah, do I think he'll do? I think he'll get fired. Sheesh. You know, probably. Can anybody else do better? No way. Dwayne Casey is fabulous, and he'll be hired right away. Somebody's hoping that somebody who's about to fire their own head coach is hoping that Dwayne Casey gets fired.
3: Bill, we appreciate the time. We'll end it on one last question, which is the inevitable question it feels like for the last 12 years of the NBA. When it's all said and done, where is LeBron next? Where is LeBron come Halloween 2018?
1: Well, that's the question. And I think, you know, the Houston Rockets certainly believe he will be in Houston. Uh, And that to me, if, you know, they've got to re-sign Chris Paul, but would Chris Paul take less? Would LeBron take less? You know, those questions come about. And I think, you know, the Rockets have said if they win the championship, they're not chasing LeBron. But if they don't, the only way you get past Golden State is by upping the ante and how how else could you do that besides LeBron? Except maybe Paul George. So to get So so,
2: so I've done I don't the, know. I, so I've done the Yeah, I've done the math and to get LeBron under that cap, you're doing a lot of juggling, right? And you're basically stripping down yep. your team. You either have Well, to you're counting on LeBron
1: to take less. I mean, at the end of the day,
2: no, well, a lot less. Because even if you opt into that contract, it's $28 million, which means Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon are gone. And you have yep. to convince Cleveland Ryan Anderson is a good player again, which I don't think anybody can. Which, and, nope. Right. Right. yeah, And they don't have a whole lot of sweeteners because they've used them all in the past for for, for James Harden and Chris Paul. So
1: That's right. Asking, they cashed in all their chips.
2: Yeah, you're asking Paul and LeBron to basically take a half a pay cut to do, to make that happen. To make to make the banana boat happen, you need to yep. have both of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, they may take Melo on on a minimum contract. He may opt out. But the fact is, <laughs> I think that's really hard. So let so let's go for a secondary. If 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 Houston doesn't work out, let's say they can't make it to Houston. Where's your second choice? Does he go back to Cleveland or is there another option? Because I just, I just don't see anywhere that both makes sense and under the cap can work.
1: Well, the Lakers have the money, but there's no way LeBron wants to come to the West because you're no longer guaranteed to be in the finals. Uh, You got to stay in the East. So then, yeah, where is it? that's That's the only other, yeah, that's the only other choice now. Philadelphia gets interesting because what have they lacked in the playoffs? They, they forgot how to win in the second round, and LeBron would not forget how to win. You know, that's the problem every team in the East is at. You don't have a closer. That's Randy Zelia's favorite thing, too. They don't have a closer, and they don't. There's only one closer in the Eastern Conference right now that's healthy. Kyrie Irving's a closer, but obviously that's not happening. So, uh, yeah, if, you're, if I'm LeBron, I look at Philly and go, welcome home, LeBron. I'm now from Philly. You know, but but does he care about the fact that he's promised the fans in Cleveland that he'll retire a Cavalier and all that? I don't think he does. I think it's going to be very hard for Cleveland to make the case that he should stay there when Philly has that – I mean, you've got the pieces, right? You've got the pieces there.
0: Great.
1: So, yeah, I don't think it's out of the question to say he'd be in Philly. I, I don't think it's out of the question he'd be back in Cleveland. I'd be surprised – if it wasn't one of those two things, no matter how much the Rockets may want uh, LeBron, you know, but hey, that's what it's all about. That's the off season. It's all about the unexpected things happening, you know, <laughs> how about Utah getting Seth to the second round after Seth. they were 14 and 28 in that's, December. This is the time of year where surprises happen.
2: Yeah. That's why Seth and my show is always the first week, first week in July because it's NBA NHL <laughs> and NHL free agency. And it's always, it, we like to call it a dumpster, a dumpster fire. It's always a dumpster fire. <laughs> Bill, we can't, we, we can't thank you enough. Hopefully we can have you back on around that time in July where we can discuss uh, where LeBron actually goes. And more importantly, where Paul George decides to uh, put his shingle up if that's
1: possible. Utah jazz. What? Oh, Utah, jazz. Utah jazz, Utah. Hey, okay, but, who I, built, the, who built the championship team around Paul George? David Morway, where is he now? He's in Utah, where they're Paul George away from competing for a championship. There's my wow. preview of we'll hold the July dumpster hold, fire. We
0: will, hold,
2: we will hold you to that, and we'll talk more about the we can give you mad, mad, mad props, <laughs> and we'll talk to you more about the dumpster fire in July. Thanks so much, Bill. Sounds We're like a plan. Time. Have a great Anytime,
1: day. my pleasure. You too.
2: Right, bye bye. Wow, that was a that. That is a cliffhanger, ladies and gentlemen. Paul George, you know, it works, right? It, right. No, Angle is definitely not a free agent. No, Angle, not a free agent. Oh, Angle signed a, a four-year, $15 million contract. Right. So I'm going to look that up right now.
0: That and I'm going
2: to see if the Jazz even have cap um, room, because I'm not sure that they do. Now, you Sign and trade probably wouldn't work because why would Oklahoma City do it unless they're getting some young talent, right? So next year, eighteen nineteen. So they don't have the they don't have cap room. Like oh, they got eighty three. They do have cap room. They don't have cap room to take on a max contract. So trade. They, they need to trade. So if you're let's look at Oklahoma City and and a sign-and-trade, which I don't think would actually happen. I think they'd need to outright do it. But so Derek Favors would be able to re-sign and be traded, and Ricky Rubio would cover it. Favors and Rubio for Paul George, it would cover it. I'm not saying it's, it's what you want. If you're looking at Exum, Exum, you pick up that, it's, you need to add to Exum and Rubio or Exum and Favre. You're not trading Rubio, oh, Rubio and Exum. That doesn't make sense. Those are your two point guards. Okay, so Jay Crowder, that's probably going because defensively. I mean, that would actually work. You so, need a three. So you're Crowder, Rubio, and another piece, whoever that other in piece first is, round, first round. and a first-round pick. That's a lot. That's a lot to give up because then your team is Gobert – your your one is Exum, your two is Donovan Mitchell, your three is George, your four is who? Because Favors is going to be gone. Favors is going to be gone. So who's your four? You don't have one, and Gobert is your five. And, okay, so you move George to the four as a big four, which he could play. He's played that before. And then your three is Jonas uh, – Jonas is Ingles, yeah. I don't know. That, 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 uh-huh. That's it's, interesting. It's interesting, and it's a, really a place where Paul George would be a number one, right? Or at least a 1A. Him and Donovan Mitchell. And Gobert doesn't want to be a one. So that perfectly works out for them. I he three, three. I mean, three superstars. Defensively, that's the best team in the NBA. It's pretty damn
0: close.
2: No, they are the best team in the NBA. They have the defensive player of the year at center. So they have a guy that can block. Look, as much as. Draymond Green, we give him credit for as being a defensive player. He's not a shot block. He's not a guy that, all right, you can run a press and play him be under the basket and people are afraid of him. That doesn't work with him. Joe Bear, that works. So you have George and Mitchell on the ball. Let's assume they keep they have Exum, who's six foot eight, and playing point guard. I mean, they are long. This team is incredibly long. That's well, if Morway's the guy that's there, right? I didn't think Morway was there. I think that's Lindsay that's there, but... I'll... No, no, no. Morway. Morway. Morway.
3: Even Morway to join French
2: Yep. That's why the That's why he's the guy. Wow. That is that is that is some interesting knowledge dropped on us tonight. I I, I real I'm speechless. I'm speechless. I just don't have words right now.
0: And Which happens about once a year.
2: Yeah. Basically, but I'll tell you, we will get this guy back on. No question. Especially if he if he's right, that's perfect.
3: And if he's wrong, you know, I give props for a
0: very interesting process.
2: Right and. You know, he is right with regards to LeBron. We've talked about this before. There are three places for him to go. Dallas, which he's not going to go. Philly, which makes all the sense in the world. But then again, he's got – that means he really is just a hired gun. He's a mercenary. You can't convince me otherwise, no matter where he goes, unless he's – No, really, no matter where he goes at this point, if he goes anywhere, that he's not a mercenary, that he's just not hunting for a ring. And you know what? That's okay because there are players that did that and were very successful, and one of them was Gary Payton, who just kept going and going and going, trying to get a ring, eventually got one. But, yeah, I I, I have a really hard time if he goes to the Sixers. First of all, wow. Like, I'm just envisioning him in the red, white, and blue. And he then becomes the best player in their history. Well, he 90 for 70, he becomes the best player in their history. Does he really? At 33? Uh, I mean... Would you put him above Prime, Dr. J, or above Prime? Was well, remember, Prime, Dr. J, never played in, in Philly. Yes,
0: he did. 77, 78. He played one year? Well, this prime was
2: in the mid to late 70s. Early
3: is the
0: mid to late 70s.
2: So he, a couple years with the uh, with the, the Nets and the Squires, and I put him up over Malone because I think Malone's prime was with Houston. Okay. So where he won the where he won the Most Valuable Player was with Houston. No. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. I don't know. Look, as you said, LeBron is the best. Uh, look, you can have a Most Valuable Player award, but if you have the best player award. It's no contest every single year that it's LeBron James. None whatsoever.
3: There's been probably a year or two I would disagree.
2: Jakey, away from the outlet, are you saying next? Stephon Curry? Durant. Okay. I, I can work with Durant. But other than that, and we, t- you know, Seth and I have had this discussion of uh, over, well, Jake's not exactly happy right now. LeBron, LeBron and Jordan, LeBron and Jordan, LeBron and Jordan. I will say this again What LeBron has done this year I told Seth this last night I've made the case several times before He doesn't need to win a championship To be better than than Jordan right now He doesn't have the supporting cast He is good cast But he isn't a great cast There's not one Hall of Famer on that team but him And Jordan And Kevin Love's not a Hall of Famer In my opinion, not yet It may happen No, but George Hill <laughs> George, George, the Animal Hill. So,
3: we you,
0: talk-
2: you do you get right in Okay. So,
0: we'll
3: talk about a lot of this stuff, obviously, as the playoffs go on. Utah and Houston are playing right now to kind of play out the to play out the string, um, and then Golden State, I'm assuming, is going to take care of Atlanta, later, uh, take care of New Orleans, <laughs> New Orleans later tonight. So, for a change, we want to jump actually to a sport we don't talk about particularly often. This is one strange Final Four in hockey. We're not there yet. But if you told me before the year, the Western Conference Championship could very well be the expansion Vegas Golden Knights and the Winnipeg Jets, who won, I think, one series in their lifetime, maybe two or three. I, I don't think I can name three players on Winnipeg at this point. Um, Dale Howard-Chuck's not there anymore, right? Uh-huh. Phil Housley's not there anymore, right? No, he's also I know, but they both in played in Winnipeg, I believe, as well. And then they also so played in Buffalo. Team Solani? Not in Buffalo. No, but he played in Winnipeg. So I, I'm a little bit lost on who exactly is in Winnipeg. And I'm also a little bit lost how Vegas, as an expansion team, really cruised to the to the conference finals. And then you have the biggest story of all, the Washington Capitals, in honor of Dave Schell, rest in peace, finally beat Pittsburgh. On an overtime goal after a turnover by Sidney Crosby. Do wonders ever cease? I
0: think they're just gearing them up. I really think that
2: the Caps are just gearing up their fans. They got one step closer, and then they're going to throw down the boom, and that'll be the end of that. The Caps just don't have the, uh, the gumption. That's the word I'm looking for. Look, they look very good, okay. I, and and Ovechkin is playing some terrific hockey, but again, they seem to crash when they need when when they seem to be up the most. And yeah, they they got over the hump, but they got two more humps to get over. And with regards to Vegas, what's interesting is a colleague of mine at work, a, a pretty big Devils fan. I know there are like six of those left.
0: Said this, raising
2: his hands, being one of them. Said this is the worst thing that could happen to the NHL, having an expansion team win win this much and and perhaps win the cup, because you basically just gave them the cup. You made the rules for the expansion draft. You've already told Seattle that if they get an expansion team, it's the same rules, which is insane. I thought, I mean, look, the rules are the rules, and that's what happened. But, man, they picked up. George McPhee is genius. I mean, all you Cavs fans, you know this is the guy that made your team. I mean, he didn't make them this year, but all the pieces, George McPhee, completely George McPhee. So he is, he is a genius. And if Vegas wins the cup, I mean, they've, they've become the Nashville of the West. They are nuts that that city about hockey. And I'm e- eager to go see a game there at That's some point. That's why you want to go to Vegas to see a game?
0: Well, yeah.
2: is that <laughs> why everybody goes to Vegas? I wouldn't know because yeah. whatever happens they their staying there. So. That, that, that is the reason we will be going to Vegas, or so Carly thinks. That is the reason we are going to Vegas. Because my wife is really going to say, yeah,
0: Seth,
3: you've always seemed like a huge hockey fan over the years. I think it's a great idea for you to fly out with your best friend for four days and hit three Vegas Golden Knight hockey teams. What could possibly go wrong? If someone could have a bachelor party there, Nabate Isles, Sean, Brian Kreider, somebody, <laughs> give me a goddamn reason to go to Vegas.
2: I'd really appreciate it. So I have a question, Seth, then. If there was a bachelor party, yet you were not invited to the wedding, but you kind of got invited to the bachelor party. Would that still work out for you? No, no, because, because there is a bachelor party coming up in Vegas. Our friend Barry Siegel. So my thought was, is The, the wedding's still going through. Yes. Okay. Good. So year. my, so my, congratulations,
0: Barry. Yeah, the way on the
2: they're, they're going to the they're going to Key West this week to scout out venues. But my my theory was. By proxy, you could be invited to the bachelor party. No? You de- How about you get invited to the bachelor party and then you tell your wife you cursed off the groom so you couldn't get invited to the wedding and then you're in. Here's the problem.
3: Here, Here's the problem with all this. I've now been married almost three years. I have a two-year-old. I have a second on the way.
2: Perfect time to go to a bachelor party. In
3: Vegas. It is actually a perfect time to go to a bachelor party in Vegas before I lose the rest of my hair and gain another 15 pounds. The problem is Lose something else? No, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I would be losing. That's already gone, so no worries. The bigger problem is, my wife doesn't know who the hell Barry Siegel is. <laughs> so if you said like it was you, or in the bucket where she knows who you are, she's met you before. You're in. I would have a much better chance. Yeah, there's You're your. In? Yeah, I'd have a much better shot. I think I would be in. Wait,
2: a scale of zero to a hundred. What well, do you think your shot is? A five-day bachelor party
3: in Las Vegas. Oh, five day? 46. Four days. Three days. Wait, four days is what? About five to ten percent. Three days. Yeah, yeah. Three days, I think, would be about 40 to 50. Depends who it is. You're right. 40
0: to 50 percent you are viewing as a good percentage.
3: Have you ever been married before? Oh. With Bill? <laughs> Jakey, you ready to go to Vegas?
0: That's right. That's
3: right. Wait, so we we'll Jake. Jake, we're going to the Spearmint Rhino. Gonna, can you dance, Jake? Dance, dance,
1: dance. Shout, shout, shout,
0: shout,
1: shout, shout. <laughs> That's not great.
3: I was afraid I was going to lose him for 11 hours in Chicago. What do you think is going to happen at the Mandalay? Jesus. I, I might as well just live in the cardboard box outside the Mandalay at that point. No. Here are your divorce papers. The proceeding is next week. I hope you have enough money to fly back, you son of a brief.
0: Exactly.
3: Yay. Okay. Here is the practicality about a bachelor party for me in Vegas. It, With the
0: Las Vegas slugs because we have to bring
3: this back back. Exactly. So, who do I, do I know if, I have a, if there's a bachelor party that I could go to without a problem? You? Without a problem? I don't think there'd be an issue. Okay.
0: Nabate? Because you're running. I
3: know that. I know that. <laughs> <Nabata>? <laughs> I may leave after three. <laughs> Nabate? I think I could, I could depending, on where the, depending on where the wedding is. And depending on where he throws his bachelor parties. Years ago, he talked about throwing it in Thailand. That is, yes. so that'll be him and Sean. That'll be the greatest trip that I will not be on.
0: <laughs> the two of them
3: in Thailand together. What could possibly go wrong? And Jake, we're bringing. You're not bringing my son to Thailand. It'll
2: just be
0: like this.
3: Shot, shot.
0: That? <laughs> okay. That's where you have to revert. We have
3: to record
0: to going shot, 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 shot. Ball! There you go. There
3: you go. So, back to the reality is, no. Uh, are you talking about Evan Lifton? I'm sure he's having a bachelor party at some point or a wedding at some point. I, I'm in it. I don't know really when and where it is, but... No! Yeah. So, okay. So, on to... So, where do you see... So, it's going to be the Caps and... What is it? Tampa's up 3-2? No, Tampa won. Tampa did win. So, it's Caps and Tampa on one end. And then we have Game 7 tomorrow night. Winnipeg, uh... Nashville. Nashville, and the winner is playing Vegas. So I like so
0: – whoa. Jake's looking at Kristen Ludlow with, like, big eyes right
3: now. That's, that's not Jake that's looking at her with big eyes, Sean.
0: So oh, that's That's
3: it. It. <laughs> I think,
0: Nash, look, Nashville
2: matches up better than anybody else because of their defense. Agreed. They have the best defense I've seen in hockey. Winnipeg is so fast. I know you know nobody on the team.
3: Except for Peter Stasner. Paul Stazard. Damn it. Peter was his father. Who played in Quebec? Yes. With the Goulet. Was yes. With Michelle Goulet and with his brother Anton. Yes. See? I used to know hockey and, really well. And the Stasnes were three brothers. Who's the third?
2: Anton, Marion, and Paul, and
3: Peter. I don't remember Marion.
2: They were the Well, I know that. And then Peter went over to uh, St. Louis.
3: What did Paul and Mary do? Well, Paul went to St. Louis too.
2: <laughs> Mary, I think, was
0: the wife. There you go. <laughs> so, oh. So, the
2: fact is, I think Nashville matches up better than any, with anybody because of their defense. But Winnipeg
3: is so fast and so young that they're they're playing at home, too. So, it's not a – Winnipeg is playing at home? And Nash- I thought Nashville was playing at home.
0: Because
3: Nashville beat Winnipeg in Winnipeg for game six. I can't imagine they're hosting six and seven. So, the Nashville versus Las
0: Vegas, with
2: Las Vegas, it's the number one team. Yeah. And that's hard because they have the best. They're, they're
0: the best <laughs> all. You would never think that. Look, for years, and this
2: is the problem that people are saying about the Vegas Raiders, <laughs> is that Vegas is a transient city. People come and go. But it seems like when you only have 20,000 people, you can fill a stadium every day. And they've been doing it. So I think national. I, I hope Nashville wins because I think they can beat Vegas. I don't want to see Vegas in that. I agree. And I think Tampa Bay beats Washington. I'd like to
3: see Washington win. This is a Dave Shell memorial kind of thing. It's kind you of the got past Pittsburgh, what else do you want?
2: You, no. The that's, memorial only goes so far.
3: No, he's dead. His team good. chokes. Yeah. His team chokes. Well myself. the town chokes every year.
2: True. But I wasn't laying it all on of town. Why not? It's interesting that you and I have, have views like this. <laughs> Both of us lived at one point. And loved,
3: and very much loved the D.C.
2: Loved living in D.C. But I never did love the sports there. No, they're awful. They're awful. They believe that the Redskins are gods. They think Joe Gibson uh, is a god that came back to lead them to a Super Bowl. And, and I know I've said this before numerous times, but I heard Steve Sabine said, God has returned to D.C. football. And my first call was to my brother, and I said, Jay, if God returned to New York sports, who would it be? Paper. Paper?
0: A dead man. Not a guy, not a coach that can't do anything on the field.
2: And wasn't familiar with his new salary. Oh, that's, that's him and Jimmy Serrano, too. Yeah, exactly. both of them. So, okay. So, I think Tampa Bay wins. And I think I'd love to see National Tampa. I think that's a great series.
3: I think NBC would be ecstatic
0: over the
2: uh, over
3: the TV ratings on that one. Well, that,
0: NBC wants Vegas. Yes.
3: Yeah, absolutely. They want Vegas and DC. Well, they well, want
2: Vegas regardless. Yes, they want it's the best Vegas. story. Yes, yeah, it's the best story, and they would love to have the chance because that's the other best story. Yeah, but I want if they want the worst one, it's Winnipeg and Tampa.
3: Oh gosh, there is not a there is nobody would be watching that series. Outside of those two kids. Yes. That's when Jake will be shot, shot,
0: shot, shot, shot,
3: hey, Jake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why I have the coolest one-year-old in town. When
2: mom comes home, I want you to go shot, shot, shot,
3: shot, 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 Okay? <laughs> <laughs> if anyone else wants to teach my son some things that are going to get him in trouble with his mother... Please feel free to call on seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six. He's getting in trouble with his mother. Oh yeah, I will. That's get in trouble, with his John. So you had mentioned you wanted to discuss the end of the Dark Knight era, Generation X, Generation X part K Part Two. Matt Harvey not accepting a demotion to the minors because his ERA of five point seven apparently it's sufficient in this era gets traded for a catcher I've never heard of in Cincinnati. Okay, so I
2: have never seen a pitcher be so high and then be so low so quickly. I I don't think, other than Sammy Sosa, like a guy that was PED guys, I don't think I've ever seen a city literally turn on a guy so quickly. And I don't think it's New York's fault, I think this is Matt Harvey's fault. I think he got hurt. Right? You Look, he was must-see baseball for the first two years. He was the dark knight. He was the guy that was going to come back and lead the Mets to basically a World Series, which he did. And then he blew out his arm doing it. And he came back again too quickly. And he blew out his arm again doing it.
0: So
2: I just don't see – I don't recall – I don't recall any pitcher really going from 100 to zero so quickly. There
0: have been a few.
2: Um, on his own accord. I mean, this is his own. Look, he did this, right? He got injured, granted, but he stayed out late at night. He broke curfew. He made the rules himself. I mean, the only guy that I can remember doing this was Eddie Whitson. and that's the play a Right. But the point is, he broke he broke the rules. And that's what happened. So, I mean, I don't remember any uh, pitcher that that did what Matt Harvey did by breaking rules and just staying out. I, could, I see it in the NBA. I see it in the NFL, right? You've Pac-Man Jones in the NFL. I mean, but I don't recall seeing this ever in baseball where a guy goes from 100 to 0 based on kind of going out and the partying in the community.
3: But is that really the reason that his, that, you think that from his,
2: his career went to hell in a handbasket? No, but I think that's the reason that New York turned on him. That
0: could, that could be true.
2: I don't think that – look, the injuries are the reason that, knew, that, that he went from hell to a handbasket. But when he's the guy partying and he's the guy going out the night before he's supposed to start, and if he's – somebody said this in, I believe it was the oh. Daily News, if this guy's a Cy Young Award winner, none of this is an issue. Derek Jeter went out every single night, and nobody cared, right? But if Alex Rodriguez did it and struggled,
0: that was the end
2: of it. He, he was backpage news. So today he was traded for Devin Morasco, who is a catcher for the Cincinnati Reds, an injury-plagued catcher, and the Mets need a catcher because they just don't have one that's healthy right now. And this ends the era of the... Generation, whatever you want to call it. I mean, Generation K was.
0: I mean, I Yeah,
2: you still got the four. But he was always the guy. He was. A, look, we talk about how Kawhi Leonard didn't want to stand in front of the press. Matt Harvey, when he first came out, that was his thing. I'm going to be in front of the press. Now, to be fair, I'm very happy you didn't get traded to the Yankees. <laughs> you were all before him. I know you were. I think, I think he was hoping to get released and get signed by the Yankees or the Dodgers or a big-time team where he could be put in the bullpen but still be a major guy. And he just, I'm glad the Mets traded. And he got traded to the Cincinnati Reds, which is a team that will not win this year. So they will throw him out every fifth day in all likelihood and hope that he can come back. And, you know, it's interesting because we talk all the time about pitchers that lose their stuff and they go back and they and they find their stuff. And Quillis Lee is the perfect example. No, and Richel, right. They both went down to the minors. They both realized that they couldn't pitch the way that they were pitching and they rediscovered themselves. And what pisses Mets fans off is that the Mets asked Matt Harvey to do this. And he said, no, he's like, I'm just not going to do it. I have no desire to do it. I'm pitching well enough. Well, if well enough, as that said, is a 7 ERA, then God bless you. Because you're earning $6 million a year this year, and you're not going to earn $6 million a year next year if you pitch like you do today. By the way, 15-11 Houston over Utah. Utah is down 3-1, to one, I believe it is, right? And this is a, a winner go home in Houston. I don't give them really any shot of winning this game. But it's fun to watch. Like, they have been a fun team to watch, as is Boston, right? I mean, teams that should not be there. You know, the one thing we forgot to ask our guest was is it DeMarcus Cousins, and I'd like to ask him again. I'll, I'll ping him tomorrow and see what he says about that, because based on our conversation a couple of weeks ago, I'd really be interested in knowing what, uh, what he thinks. So we got about six minutes to go. Jake is uh, – I don't know what Jake's doing over there. With Play with the cable box. He uh, can't read that, the score, so he's trying to figure it out. So, five minutes ago, I'll let Seth go
3: first. I'll be honest, I'm a little bit bummed right now.
0: Um, oh, yeah. The greatest
3: football writer of our, just, my most favorite. I shouldn't say the greatest. Somebody... That's how I feel.
0: Um, oh, Why are you You're still writing. Yeah,
3: but as a guy who's been a sports illustrated subscriber for years and years and years, a website, you know, and company that's probably going downhill. The best thing that they had going was Monday morning quarterback with Peter King. And now it'll just be Monday morning quarterback, Peter King leaving sports illustrated, I think after 25 years, 29 years to go to NBC sports. He's still going to be writing his Monday morning, whatever it's going to be called. His Monday morning column. You're still going to have writers like uh, Jen- Jenny Varanthus and Al-, Al Breer who are going to be there. It's, but it's not going to be the same. And King was the name at this point for Sports Illustrated. There really are no other authors, writers left, I mean, that I know of. Most of them have gone either to The Athletic or to ESPN. I uh, never really thought of NBC Sports because nobody really reads their website.
2: It's Pro Football Talk. it. Gotcha. NBC
3: bought Pro, pro football, football Talk and Pro Baseball Talk and all of those. Right. So, I mean, I watch, use NBC Sports' website when I'm working, and I, and I just go to watch NBC Sports so I can watch things. But I've never read articles from them. So, you know, good luck to Peter, but I'm admittedly
2: a bit disappointed to see him go. I can understand that. I really can because it's been must-read TV for me, mmqb.si.com, every Monday morning. And... Look, Peter has his fans and his detractors. He he writes some things about politics that people believe that shouldn't be in there. Um he uses his forum for what he wants to use it for. Right. Is it? no but I'm saying, right? Everybody uses their forum we use our forum the way we want to convince Carly let's uh, go to Vegas. That's our forum. Um so mine's a little bit more somber. A couple of years ago we uh us Islander fans lost uh lost Al Arbor. And the coach uh, of the team that won four straight Stanley Cups, and really, if I, this is the one thing that I hope Washington fans get sometime, is the glory of a Stanley Cup. Because look, your Devils got it, the Rangers got it. Yeah, I know you got three. I get it. But truth be told, the Capital fans are more diehard fans than the Devil fans. They're much more like. Turn out the red, or whatever they call it. They bleed it, much the same way as I bleed. Syracuse bleed oh, wow. Maryland. That's the way they. That's the way Capital fans really are. Redskins and Capital fans believe red. Well, we all bleed red. <laughs> they bleed red other thing. We all do. Yeah,
0: it bleed red. Please call them. <laughs> so
2: the fact is, I'd like them to uh, understand what winning a Stanley Cup is all about. And I,
0: uh,
2: I was a kid when I when we won four, and I put we in the collective quote tax, and Bill Torrey uh, was the architect of those teams. He drafted uh, Denny Poffin. He drafted Brian Trottier, Mike Bossy, and go on and makes the trade for Butchie Gordon. A tremendous coach, a tremendous GM, and then went on and started the Florida Panthers, where he brought Johnny Van Beesbrook to the Florida Panthers, and they made the Stanley Cup in their second year. Which is surprising. We're talking about Vegas making the Stanley Cup in their first year, and yet the Panthers made it, I believe, in year two or year three. So it's, it wouldn't be unprecedented for a for an expansion team that way. But he passed away last year. Uh, the epitome of the bow tie. My brother um, Mitch wrote a a nice post on our website. If you'd like to take a look, and it was tremendous. So it a hard a hard end. To Look, this era is going, and the Islander fans know it. And hopefully uh, July 1st, 1st we'll start doing one with Johnny Tavares signing a major contract. But, with who? With the New York Islanders. Good luck on that. Yeah, good luck on that. We'll bring up a hockey expert next. Um, I'm sure Randy knows somebody.
0: Reed?
2: Oh, yeah. Where, where, where is Keegan Reed when we need him best? Okay. So, for Seth came in. this is Sean Palmer. Blogtalkradio.com. We'd like to thank Bill Ingram again For giving us tremendous insight I mean, look, if Paul George signs with Utah I will get on my knees and bow to Bill Ingram I mean, no, but you will say amazing stuff Like, that. that is a pull And we hope to have him on later on in the year uh, In the NBA year uh, Towards the final. So once again for Seth Kamis, this is Sean Palmer, BackSportsPage.com, Radio. Next week, we will be speaking from Queensland. I will be in Great Britain, the Queensland, the Queen, the Queen. Dun, 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 dun. No, that's Hail to Chiefs. No, that's Hail Chiefs. Okay. I'll be, he will be speaking from all, all I will be speaking from London, England. Uh, we will probably have it at a different time. Perhaps early in the like morning-ish, nine to eleven-ish in the morning. Um, I'm getting the thumbs up, and then the week after we'll do it from France at the same time. So for Seth Kavins, this is Sean bomber, Seth, give me an eh. Backsportspage.com, and we will talk to you next week. Have a good one, everybody.
0: Hey, bye. Kate. Bye, Jake. Say shot, 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 shot. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Bye,